catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. In the first episode of this series on conversational artificial intelligence in Africa, we discussed how big conversational AI will get in 2022 and beyond. In trying to make some predictions and forecasts, we realized that some people do not know what conversational AI is. So this episode is dedicated to answering that question. And we also added some spice to it, which is why you should be interested in conversational AI. To help dissect this is the founder and CEO of the European and African Chatbot and Conversational AI Summit, Sydney Eneramadu. Also in this discussion is an artificial intelligence enthusiast, a published author, and the chair of the Special Interest Group on Artificial Intelligence and Robotics with the Institute of Information Technology Professionals of South Africa, the IITPSA, Johan Stein. This episode is divided into two parts. Hello, Johan. How are you faring today? And I hope the activities at your end aren't as hectic as they were when we last spoke a few weeks back. Anthony, good. Thank you. Good to be here. I hope you're doing well as well. Now, look, it's just getting busier <laughs> as the year goes on. So definitely not getting calmer, which is not a bad thing. As long as you're busy with good things, I, I guess, you know. Mm. Okay. And Sydney, how about you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm based in Scotland. Right now, everything is doing very well here in Scotland. Okay. This particular episode is just on what conversational artificial intelligence is about and also why anyone should be interested in it. So I guess we'll have to start with definition, just like, you know, everyone does age long definition. What is conversational AI? Sydney. All right. Uh, thank you for having me here, Anthony. Conversational AI can be used to power a chatbot to be more smarter, also be more capable. So conversational AI is a systematic brain power that makes chatbots capable of understanding, processing, and responding to human language. If I want to explain to someone how it works, you know, as I say, it's a brain power behind a chatbot. Conversational AI is used to power a chatbot to be more smarter and, and more capable. And also we should understand, it should be important to understand that not all chatbots are powered by conversational AI. So uh, conversational AI makes it possible for a chatbot to go beyond translating website content into simple chat response. So by using deep learning and natural language understanding to work, to be able to power your chatbot. Johan, most people, when they hear conversational AI, they think of chatbots immediately. I mean, chatting with a chatbot, communicating with one as a customer. But just like Sydney has said, chatbots and conversational AI do not mean exactly the same thing, right? Because conversational AI powers some chatbots and then some chatbots are not powered by conversational AI. A bot or a chatbot is a type of conversational AI technology, but it's not the only type. What other use cases do we have for conversational AI aside chatbots? That's uh, one. And two, your own take on what conversational AI is and how it works. It's a good question. And, and Anthony Sydney's already given uh, uh, some great answers. Look, the, the focus here is on AI more than on conversational. So remember, artificial intelligence is the ability for computers 
to mimic human intelligence. That is still fairly limited, although it is growing exponentially day by day. A chatbot for me is a, it's like a glorified, frequently asked questions thing. It's almost like a, a very small child who just learned to speak, to answer questions. Are you cold? Are you warm? Do you need food? Are you hungry? Do you feel sick? They'll give you very elementary answers. But as we grow older as humans, we learn to understand nuances. We learn to understand that sometimes the thing that somebody says is not exactly what they mean. And this is also different across different um, cultures, for instance, different language groups. So a conversational AI for me is really mimicking human intelligence when it comes to conversations, going from a three-year-old to an 18-year-old or older. So, so the use cases are, I mean, especially in banking or, or any kind of insurance, even in medical care, it's understanding, not just through text typing, which is your Typical text bots, you know, you know what I hate about websites is when you open a website, firstly it says you accept cookies, then you say, okay, cool. Then it pops up, do you want to subscribe to our newsletter? I don't want to. And then it's the <laughs> bot popping up saying, what can I help you with? Now, that bot is very static often. It can only understand certain things. A conversational AI understand context, nuances, meaning beyond what you're saying. You know, so the use cases in, like I've already said, banking, insurance, but healthcare and education is huge. But it's a bot that is like a human more than a chatbot. So I think almost comparing a chatbot to a conversational AI these days is like a misnomer, you know. But yeah, before I go on too long, let me just pause there and see what you guys think about that or what the next questions might be. Okay, so Sydney, I would like to hear your thoughts on the use cases for uh, conversational artificial intelligence because I know you gave us some really wonderful examples in the first episode. What I want to add is that when you come to a conversational AI, there are quite a lot of use cases. Like, for instance, I'm going to use an example of restaurants, you know, or, or if somebody wants to order a pizza. So I think it goes on to, there are, I think there are five slots because all of us believe that some chatbots are boring. You know, you can't be able to put onto it on the website. Some of them are very boring. So that's what they call the intent, you know, before someone can order, you have an intent of what is the customer goal and need. What do you really want to do? You have the intent. Also, we have the utterance, you know, utterance uh, is what words or phrase the customer might say to express the goal and the need. So that is one bore down to the slots, you know, from the slots, which is what information I need to get from the customer so I can fulfill his goal. So you have many type of slot types. If, for instance, you're selling a pizza shop, you will have a kind of, do you want a pizza with a cheese on top of it? That's the slot type. What exactly do you want? And also it's boring down to questions and response. So as we are talking about the use cases of conversational AI, there are quite a lot of companies in Africa which are using it in the financial industries from what uh, Joanne said. And also we think that chatbot can go beyond test-based interaction like on the website. And also we hope that it can become a foundation for voice-driven customer service using a test-to-speech and speech-to-text integrations as well. 
when we try to talk about the use cases, the next thing that comes to mind is how do you actually identify that this has the feature or the features of conversational artificial intelligence? And Sydney just mentioned um, a few things. I would want you to also react to that and talk about um, what makes for conversational AI. And for me, the, it, it brings me back to the so-called Turing test, which is I interact with an AI or with a computer without realizing it's not an actual person. You know, so in your traditional chatbots, you clearly know it's not a person because it gives you very static, predetermined responses. One of the challenges in chatbots is, you know, as a consumer, whether it's a banking consumer or an insurance consumer, I can express the results or the problem I'm dealing with, but I can't always express the problem. So if it is a traditional chatbot, it will struggle to understand what I'm saying because I don't even know what my problem is. I can just tell you what I'm facing. So to give you an example, if my fiber line is down, and, and I recently had this example, my fiber provider only has a WhatsApp chatbot to deal with. They don't have a call center. So, so I can tell them what the result is. My internet is down. I don't know what's happening. I need their expertise to tell me why. Is there an outage in my area? Is it the root problem? Is it one of 50 other things? So a static chatbot can only go through the topical questions and answers. A conversational AI will pick up the context behind what I'm meaning. And, and the other thing is that the conversational AI also has access to all my data. It should know an, an example I've given about my internet being down. When I log that call, when I have that first interaction with the WhatsApp chatbot, if it's a conversational AI, it should already know who I am. It should have information about my geographical location. It should already know whether there's an outage in my area or not. It should know whether I've paid my last bill or not, because that could be why my internet is down. But it's really the intelligence behind it. It's helping customers express their frustrations or tell you about the uh, kind of the outcome or the results of their problem. And based on all the data we have on the customer, on the area and the like, to interpret what they're really saying, because clients often don't know how to express their frustration, express their problem. A chatbot can't interpret that. A conversational AI, very much like a human being, you know, because we are pattern-forming beings. We, we attach different things together to form a pattern. That's what a conversational AI can do. And not only interpret what the customer might be saying to understand the real problem. The other big thing about a conversational AI, and this is where all these technologies are really busy converging, is to kick off processes in the background. So to give another example, Anthony, I might tell my bank's conversational AI that my credit or debit card is not working. So it could be the magnetic strip. It could be the chip on the card. But a chatbot will just say, do you want another card? I might say yes, and it'd say, okay, come and pick it up at your branch in 14 days. A conversational AI will say, um, it clearly seems that your card is faulty. This is your home address. This is your office address. This is your branch address. Where would you like us to deliver the card? What is the best time of the day to deliver the card? Um, and it will give us a lot of other contextual information around it. So, so maybe just to conclude is, a chatbot, static, very little information. Conversational AI is taking all the information that the organization has about me, my behavior, the products I already have and the like, and to form a picture of who I am and what the best result will be to maintain and me as a customer, but also to be able to upsell 
different solutions to me. So it is a massive difference. It's really a three-year-old child versus an 18, 19, 20-year-old or older person in dealing with a problem. Hmm. This is really important for a lot of businesses because it will help ensure that customer service is customer-driven because most times you're not just basing it off, you know, whatever you think the customer needs, but clearly from the details of the data gotten directly from the customer. Could you shed some more light on how important conversational AI adoption is for a business, especially businesses that are customer facing? And also, what kind of groundwork should be laid to ensure the successful implementation of AI in a business? It's a very good question, Anthony. So there's two lenses for this. The one is your your clients, your customers. The other lens is your internal operations. So let me start with the latter. Conversational AI is also there when it comes to your staff, your employees, the way they interact with the business. It's so difficult sometimes to understand all the policies and procedures to take leave, take maternity leave, take compassionate leave when there's a death in a family, to apply for certain training, to go through all the compliance, know your customer. And, you know, in the more regulated environment you work, especially banking or audit, the more training and stuff there is. But it's such a mission. I found this in, in many of the consulting firms I've worked for to just find out and stupid things, especially when you're new to a company. Where do I print? How do I set up a printer? Where do I get my access card? How do I arrange parking? How do I apply for a budget to host a client at the office and pay for them to have lunch? Conversational AI from a human resources point of view or a human capital management point of view is a massive use case. But from a, from a growth point of view for service providers, it's obviously interacting with your customers, understanding them better. But the big thing here is also predictive analytics. And this is where AI and machine learning comes in. It's not only reactively answering the questions that your customers have, but it's predicting their needs. And there also comes a big upsell opportunity. So, so if a customer calls in or chats on the, on the website or whatever, whichever digital channel they use, the mobile app, and this is the, the multi-channel or the omni-channel discussion as well, because customers should have the right to use the channel of their choice. Some customers still want to send a fax. You know, can we accommodate that? I don't even know who has fax machines anymore. But who, do we have the optical character recognition abilities to take that fax, understand the, the text, understand the context behind the text, for instance? Customers, as I said, should use any channel. But when their data or their query comes in through whichever channel they use, do we not only understand what they mean, but can we preempt it to say the reason? So again, let me go back. Uh, just to, in conclusion, maybe, to the example of my internet being down. When I first started chatting to that WhatsApp bot, it should have said, it should not have, because this bot asked me, is there an outage in your area? And I'm thinking, how the hell must I know? The bot should have said in that first interaction, hello, Johan, welcome to the bot week. My name is, is Toby or whatever. By the way, there is an outage in your area. I don't know if you know this. So I'm preempting why you're contacting me. That, that is a huge case for better customer support, less churn and upselling. But let's not forget the people who work for us, keeping them satisfied, making their lives easier. So conversational AI is predominantly for our customers, but it, it should be used for our people to make us work faster, better 
be happier in our jobs, be more productive. Now, what other benefits can conversational artificial intelligence bring to Africa? In the first episode, um, when we spoke um, about going to government offices, not needing to physically walk in, getting things done online and all of that. Uh, we talked about the health sector. What other kind of benefits can conversational AI bring to Africa from now on looking onwards to the future? I think there are quite a lot of benefits that conversational AI will bring to the African continent. Um, the problem, however, is that these systems are currently only uh, available in English and other major global languages. That uh, This means that uh, people who speak African languages are missing out on new technology that could aid and simplify their, their daily lives. So uh, language should not be a, be a barrier to accessing digital services. So uh, there are quite a lot of things. And uh, if you are looking at nowadays, there are most uh, startups in Africa that are developing smart nat natural language uh, processing tools. So uh, looking at the health, the health uh, services in Africa for a hospital or medical organization to organize and to provide accurate and up-to-date information that supports the doctor as well. So the, you, you've touched on some important topics. Firstly, there are between two and 3,000 different languages and dialects in Africa. Most of these platforms are English or French or Portuguese maybe. So it does cover some of the major you know, areas from a colonial point of view, if you would, in Africa. But you know, even, I mean, English is my second language. English is the second or third language for, or fourth language for all of us on this recording. So if, if I have a problem with my bank, but the more so, if my child has a high fever and a hospital is 100 kilometers away and, and I don't even have the finances to, to afford a doctor, but I might have a mobile app that can help me. But it's only in English or in French or in Portuguese, which is my second or third language. That's a challenge. So I think that's the first point, certainly a hugely important point is how do we make sure that conversational AI and chatbots cover more indigenous languages in Africa. There are some wonderful initiatives already in South Africa. There's an organization called Masakane, part of the University of Pretoria, doing work around the major languages in South Africa, um, you know, for instance. But it's, it's, if we think of the future of our children, if we think of educating our children using chatbots, conversational AI, if we think of the healthcare of our children, if we think of societal good, because that moves the, the pendulum from I have a problem with my bank and I can't contact them to my child has a high fever and he's going to die if I don't get help quickly. So my own son, who is eight years old, I've taught him to, to use my Google Home device and he's cheating a bit on his um, homework. But I, I'd rather him learn to use the technology than not cheat. So he will say, hey, Google, what's the answer to this mathematical equation, for instance? Maybe in conclusion, just if we think just of sick children, if we think of parents with their hair in their hands because they don't know how to treat them, if we think of people who need access to credit, if we think of children who are studying by candlelight, but they might have a fairly decent internet connection. So this takes the whole conversation away from just the tech and is it good enough and stuff? We're talking about the future of our continent. And my rallying call is always we as a collective of Africans. And yes, I'm, a, I'm quite bleak 
but I'm still African because this is my home. <laughs> we have to do more to make sure the future of our children is brighter than our future and we can use this technology to do it. And about this, I, Anthony, I can go on forever, but I also don't want to ruin your show. I'm going to pause there for now. <laughs> and also, uh, Anthony, another thing I want to uh, add here also is that the benefit also can also be applied to the government agencies as well mm. and also be applied to the e-commerce as well. So in the e-commerce, they can be used this to uh, promote sales and marketing uh, campaigns. As long as that we have a solution, we have a platform that can be able to adapt the languages that we have in Africa. If you want this confident uh, uh, AI to reach out to people in the rural areas as well. So uh, the government can be used this as well to easy access to uh, public data information as well. They can use it to get the data and also a chatbot is also a great way to uh, give citizens access to public information of any countries as well. So uh, that's another thing I want to keep into this. Mm. Okay, now that we're talking about specifics, uh, how does this apply to advertising and marketing in Africa? Also, yes, the agencies can be, for the marketing agencies can be used as well as a way of uh, reaching out to their customers by if there is any ad, you know, they want to, anything they want to get through to the customers, they can use the chatbots and commercial AI to be able to do a survey as well, to get information that they can use regarding any news they want to be able to present. They can use it as well to reach out to the customers. But the most important thing we are looking at here is that let's find a solution. Let's find a, an engine that can be able to be used in the languages that can accommodate the African languages if we want this to scale through, to be able to push within the rural areas. And just to build on, on what Sydney said, Anthony, I mean, it's also taking the human dependency away. I mean, you know what I often do just for fun? It's I'll, I'll drive here in, in the streets of Johannesburg and there are these lamppost advertising for, for various things. And it, there's a number listed on the placards. And I'm thinking these companies are paying thousands of dollars to have these marketing campaigns. And then I phone the number, even if I'm not interested, just to see what happens. And either no one answers the call or the person who answers the call has got no context. It's a reception person, for instance. So so all that money spent on these placards and, and kind of dashboards or not dashboards, like uh, billboards out there is going to waste. A When we talk about advertising, let a conversational AI answer that call or answer that email because it will know the context it will give the right answers the the right kind of um, solutions so, so there's a huge place in advertising in particular for this kind of technology take the humans out of the loop not totally but that first two or three interactions from somebody you know because uh, uh, in this example of the placards and the lamp poles maybe 80 percent of the people who call the number are a waste of time that's not really the customers you want why use a bunch of call center agents to filter those calls? Let the conversational AI determine whether it's the kind of customer we want to deal with or not, and then put it through to a human agent. Um, so so in, an, in the advertising space, whether it's digital advertising, online advertising, or like I said, calls or faxes, like I said earlier, there's a huge role this technology can play to make sure we are not wasting our time but also that we're dealing with the right customers and servicing them very quickly with all the information they need. It's a very good question, I think. Mm, okay. And 
the language barrier is something that has continued to come up in this conversation. I'm taking that is the first challenge of AI adoption in Africa. Am I right or wrong, Johan? Yeah, look, uh, conversational AR chatbots, that is true, Anthony. The, the language barrier, we need to do a lot more as Africans and as a collective to make sure that we have the right data sets on the indigenous languages of our various countries. If we take it more broadly about the adoption of AI, I wouldn't necessarily say that the language problem is the main issue. The adoption of artificial intelligence in government or in businesses takes it way beyond languages. It's, it's about the business case. It's about the skills, which I know in South Africa, and I can assume in, in many areas of Africa, this access to skilled people is often a problem. It's access to the budgets and the funding to do it. So, so but the business case really it is, and, and maybe the understanding, because in, in the last four or five years of my consulting career, working in AI and robotics and the like, Anthony and Sydney, the biggest barrier is that the decision makers, the people who have the money, the owners of the budget, have almost no understanding of this technology because they think of it only in a technological way. They get some advice from their technological department and we need the techies, we need the IT guys. But the impact on our culture, the impact on change management, the impact on how we design our organization, the impact on, on how we upskill our people for the future, the impact on our customers, all that other stuff is very rarely considered. It's just, are we going to use AWS or are we going to use Azure? Is it Amazon or Microsoft? That's a conversation. And, and the, what it's going to do to our people is a very rarely a conversation. So, so to conclude there, Anthony, it's so broad scale adoption of AI is so much more than language, even though it's still important. It's a holistic business and a people first approach that is lacking more often than not in my experience. Mm. So when we say something like conversational AI for Africans, by Africans, what does he really mean? And what are the major challenges? As I alluded to earlier, the data sets to create these language models for indigenous African languages does not exist. If we want to use the major European or uh, American or, or English, those data sets exist. So one of the biggest challenges is that we're going to have to create these data sets for the AI to understand the indigenous African language of choice. The other challenge is this locally skilled people, because obviously somebody in France, even though he or she might be an exceptionally skilled conversational AI engineer, if they don't understand the local language, they can't help. So how do we use people who understand, you know, in South Africa, Isuzulu or Tosa, or, or some of our languages, uh, you know, let, uh, and then you've got the vast array of languages in the rest of Africa. So it is local skills, local knowledge, and which leads to the funding of creating those skills. Because it's all about the money. It's following the money. Do governments invest enough in our universities, in our uh, secondary and tertiary educational systems? Do we have enough incentives for young people? to become natural language understanding or conversational AI engineers. Because if we as Africans don't fix this, no one is going to do it. We have to find our own ways. That That is a challenge. But having said that, 
there are some organizations in Africa that I've dealt with who are doing exceptionally world-class work in this space. You might think when you initially hear what they do that they are in Silicon Valley. No, they are in, in Nigeria. They are in, 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 in Kenya. They are in South Africa. They are in Zimbabwe. We just need to give these people so much more of a winning chance by funding, by opportunities, by upskilling initiatives. It makes me positive, uh, Anthony and Sydney, that this, the, the, you know, African people are very smart people. We, we sometimes lack the opportunities and funding. So if we can work together, you know, and there are initiatives from UNESCO and the UN and other places, we just need to make sure that the money is flowing in for the right initiatives to get young people trained and excited about this. But if we don't do it, for ourselves, no one else is going to do it for us. Okay, Sydney, you want to chime in there? Yes. What I want to say uh, regarding the African language from what Johan said, I think it's time for Africa to create their own platform from what Johan said and also that can accommodate the spoken languages in Africa on the continent. So uh, we can be able to use this to support the society as well. So uh, from what we could, know, we could know is that there are most organizations in Africa that have been doing everything to create a data set for African languages. So for us to improve the conventional AI system in various African languages, I think we should have a kind of work up together to be able to develop the data set from each of the countries, you know, so that we can be able to use this. I think it's going to help. So from what Johan said, there are quite a lot of talents in Africa, from running the African chatbot and conversational AI. There are quite a lot of emails I'll be receiving from young talents in Africa, which have been creating quite an amazing solution that can be used, that can be able to understand the African languages as well. So what they need is a backing, a backup, right? They need funding. They need the government also to step up in this way to support them so that they can be able to scale through with their ideas and also they can be able to expand their solution to other parts of other languages in Africa. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.